Ready. Hey. Just in the middle of the field, 45, 50. Green grass in front of him, leaving Lions in his way. I am Jeff Joniak. Blitz is on. Down he goes. Brisker. What was it like playing for Coach Dicka? Uh, I don't want to answer any questions like that. 61 yards. Ooh. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields. No way. Now, Bears Etc. with the voices of the Chicago Bears, Jeff Joniak, and Tom Sandek. Despite the fact the stage was set for the dawning of a new day in football's oldest and greatest rivalry, the Bears were unable to grasp the moment. A disappointing 38-20 loss to the Green Bay Packers Sunday afternoon at Soldier Field. Welcome to episode 15 of the Bears Etc. podcast with Super Bowl winning Bear Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Coming up which week after the game, head coach Matt Eberflew spent some time helping us break it all down. He'll be doing so shortly, but uh, first got to thank our producers, Dan Brilli, Jordan Treadup, and Katie Tuber. I just saw a couple of players. Uh, they're still um, feeling that hangover of the lost time. And I, I met with Dick Butkus for quite a while. And uh, so uh, someone who didn't have a, a ton of uh, experience on winning teams certainly knows what it's like to feel the pain of defeat. And it just, it does drag you down a little bit. I know it's on to the next game and eyes forward. That is Matt Eberflus's a big phrase, eyes forward to the next. But uh, it's hard to get rid of it a little bit when you're uh, so invested, like you have been over the course of your career as a player and as an announcer. Right, you know, it's got to sting, Jeff. If it doesn't sting, then you're kind of in the wrong business. And if you go through the process and you kind of correct the mistakes, go into the team meeting and have thick skin and understand that every single player in there is going to get criticized in front of their peers. But how do you rebound from that? It's not like you completely throw away the entire game plan and all the information that you've been installing since OTAs. You go and refine the good things. You go and correct the mistakes. You make sure that people are in the right place, understanding their assignments each and every down, each and every play. And that's the great thing about football, Jeff. You can go from having the worst feeling in your football athletic life one moment to having the greatest feeling a week from that day. So I think that's where you have to stress the point. That's where you're Focus has to be, and as Matt Eberflew says, you got to look to the future. How did you handle losses seriously? And you didn't have many, uh, but how did you handle them? Because uh, you know, d- did you lose sleep at night? Not not just about the tape <laughs> review. I'm just saying, like the actual disappointment of walking off the field, especially in big leverage situations, big games. It was different for me, Jeff. I'm a local guy. So when I walked out of the home game, I was eye to eye with my whole family. I didn't necessarily feel like a failure, but I know that they felt bad for me. But I was more concerned for my living, for my occupation, to the way I made money, to everything I strive for my whole life. So it was something that it hung with me for a period of time. And then it's you can't ignore the film sessions because our film sessions – at time are super critical and Mike Ditka ran the projector. And so you had to understand the plays that you did miserably bad on. He's going to point them out time and time again. And when you're an offensive lineman, Jeff, you see them four or five times. It's not like they just go by him and say, Hey, you got to do better here. Let's move on to the next play. Corrections are made and maybe some hints about how to use your technique uh, and, and thinking better. I felt winning the opener was imperative for a number of reasons. I, I was vocal about it. Not that it'll make or break the season. That was not the intent of my statement, but 
it's the Packers, and you don't get a plan again until Week 18. It's how they've handled the Bears with a lot of ease over the years. Players are sick of losing to the Packers. It is a brand-new team. I get it. Uh, but I just felt that this was going to have reverberations potentially. And fans are sick of losing to the Packers. There's no other way around. We all are. Uh, but I just felt it would have been a nice platform moment. Now, it's over. It's, it's, it's definitely over. There's things that we've learned about the team through this game that will benefit them moving forward. It, it doesn't lessen what I felt was an impactful moment that could have been embraced. I, I agree 100%. Listen, I'm still in a bad mood over it. When I go home after a game like the loss to Green Bay Packers, I can't listen to sports radio. I can't watch football highlights on TV the next day. I go home and you study the tape of the game and you kind of look at it as if you are an active player. What are the things they did well? What are the things that are immediately correctable? All right, let's How do, do it. You take- let's do the exercise. Okay. Okay, well, if I, if I look at, you know, what do I need more of? I need more of DJ Moore earlier in the game and more targets in the course of the game. I need more of Cole Komet on first and second down to put yourself in a more makeable second and third down scenario. Roshan Johnson has earned more opportunities for me that I need to feed him the football more, whether he's a blocker, a wide receiver, or a running back. Nate Davis impressed me. I thought he played much better than I expected of him because he hasn't played in training camp very much. So if I'm going to go and revisit Jeff a third and one and fourth and one early in the game, I'm going to go behind Darnell Wright and Nate Davis. That is going to be my impact point. Um, When I look at the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to – put more emphasis on the game of Tremaine Edmonds. Whether do you I make an attempt to blitz him? Do I allow do I put him in more coverage responsibilities out of the backfield maybe versus a tight end? How am I going to feed the defensive backs more opportunities to create interceptions rather than broken up passes? And then the defensive line rotation, it's going to be a contest. Each week, whoever is getting the most value out of their reps is going to earn more playing time. And I remember back in the day when Jimmy Johnson became the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And it was the first time that I really recognized a wide variety of rotating defensive linemen. So you really can't fall into a pattern of playing against the same guy every single snap and you understand and learn his tendencies. So I think this is a group of athletes that they can move around. You can put Dominique Robinson up and down the line of scrimmage. You can use Yannick Ngagwe up and down the, and both sides of the ball. You know, you have a guy like Javon Dexter can play inside and outside. Zach Pickens has good explosion. Andre Billings, Andrew, Andrew Billings is very strong at the point of attack that he could play. So all these guys that have these talents, and I'm not excluding Justin Jones, I'm just trying to say as many names off the top of my head in how I would look at the tape going forward. Well, the interesting thing, too, um, Demarcus Walker, he, he played a lot of inside. He came inside on, uh, on nickel, and the same goes for Rasheem Green. I mean, these guys, they do have that versatility to do exactly what you said. Exactly, and I and I think that's one of the strengths of a lot of these athletes. They have the ability to play anywhere, and sometimes it's the identification of film study of your opponent. Where are the vulnerabilities of the offensive line that you're getting ready to play against? Who is our strongest rusher in certain circumstances that can expose their vulnerabilities? Those are the types of things that you have to study, and I'm sure the entire 
pre-scouting department for the Chicago Bears uh, looking at the Tampa Bay Bucks, give these guys a great list of notes and how to look at those guys when you're getting ready to face them. Right now, when you spend over $2,999 at Steinhoffels, you'll score a $100 Bears Pro Shop gift card. Visit any one of the four Chicagoland locations in Vernon Hills, Crystal Lake, Downers Grove, and Harwood Heights, or shop online at steinhoffels.com. Now time to uh, hear what the status from Hallis is with head coach Matt Eberflus. My sit down with him on Monday. All right, welcome in to a new version of Matt Eberflus. This is uh, the Bears Etc. podcast. Every every Monday, after every game, we're going to wrap it up. What do you think? Good. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm all good. Right. How about you? I'm doing all right. We had our uh, team meeting, you know, and uh, talked to the players about, you know, just about the standards of what we're going to do in terms of after a game. Um, you know, reports and action, how, how we're going to handle this, you know, uh, win or lose, you know, so it's a 24-hour rule, and uh, it's important for us to understand the corrections we need to make to, to get better um, by each position, and it's always going to be the player and the coach working together to handle those things and get those things corrected, and also to build upon the things we did well, and uh, that's what we're always going to be about, and uh, the guys had the right attitude today, and, you know, we had great communication in both unit meetings, uh, to make those improvements, and uh, it's got to get done on the practice field this week. Do you also, though, allow that each player individually deals with loss or performance, good or bad, in their own unique way? And no matter what is said and how the plan is, they got to go through their own look in the mirror a little bit. Yeah, when you lose a game, it's it's it hurts, you know, yeah. because you put so much into it during the course of the week, and there, you know, especially for the first game, there's so much build up to it, and uh, you know. You got to recognize that, hey, you know, it was a performance that I had. I did some good things. There are some things that I need to improve on, okay? And that may be fundamentals of technique or it might be your assignment. And you need to improve those because how you get better as a professional athlete is is you improve through the course of the season. You know, you get more consistent. You get better every single week. And when we do that collectively as a group, it's going to be good good outcomes. What do you get when a guy doesn't do anything well? You know, How do you just, handle them? Yeah, you just you, you you work with them. You work with them. You just you know it's your job as a football coach to work with the guys that are under you, you know, and that are working with you. And uh, it's your job to also develop the man mentally, you know, physically, and also you know him also as as his spirit as he brings it into the game. There's uh, inherently a lot of overreactions in week one around the league. Things are really high. This team is all of a sudden this. Then something expected over here doesn't happen. You look at Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. I mean, talk about a tough day. That was a tough day for Joe Burrow. Um, however, with all that attention and this ending the way it did last year and the influx of talent this year, could you see why people feel a little flat today out there? Yeah, I, I sure do. I sure do. But we also remember that's a long season. You know, there's a lot of football to be played. We played, you know, 65 snaps, you know, on, on offense, you know, on average and, and defense and 25 in the kicking game. So, um, and there's a, over a thousand snaps on offense and defense, you know, during the course of the year. So there's a lot of ball to be played. Um, you know, everybody's looking to improve from week one to week two, uh, regardless of outcome. And uh, we got to put our best foot forward this week. Again, you can't, talk about last year but it's just as a reference point a lot of games playing from behind again in this game bears never had the lead against green bay are you are you hoping to see what this team actually looks like when the defense can play on a lead and what that does then for the offense as well because that complimentary football thing takes on a whole new look i mean 
you still haven't really experienced that yet. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, last year at the New England game we did, you know, for that that was that was we were playing from the lead there, you know, and I think it's going to be good. You know, we got to really do a good job of because uh, we can you know run the ball. You know, I think that's important that we can do that, and then we need to play good pass defense and take the ball away when we do get that lead. We are sponsored in part by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Tastes like Miller Time Chicago. Jeff Joniak, Matt Eberflus on Bears, et cetera, this week. Um, poor starting field position. That, that's going to kill you every time. It's uh, tough if you're not a team that has had a lot of success together. This is a brand-new football team this year. Starting behind the chains, unforced, all these things that added up. Uh, the field position was very different for both teams. Uh, almost a great place to start that in third down. Yeah, I would say that we looked at our first down efficiency, you know, the, the P downs, you know, P and 10, which is the start of the series, then first and 10 within. And we need to improve on those. You know, uh, defensively, we were very good on, on, on the P downs. You know, we were really good. I think they averaged 2.2. Um, and then offensively, we were really good in the first downs within, you know, but it was to start the series, we got to improve on those for, the, for offense. So, um, again, a lot of those were either pre snap penalties. Um, or there were perimeter-type screens where we took some losses. you know. So we have to do a better job blocking on the perimeter and making sure our operation is clean. Yeah, what's the key on those perimeter blocks? Yeah, it's just about aiming points, okay, and then being able to sustain. You know, it's, it's all about aiming points and your technique. What is the proper technique? Yeah, I would just say that we're aiming for the outside shoulder, okay, and that's our aiming point. And if he tries to go under, then you got to be able to work your feet back inside, you know, because you got to start – you know, trying to circle the defense is, is the operation for that play, particular play. And if he tries to work back inside, you got to be able to work your feet back inside because it's all, it's all about your feet. I was wondering, I talked with uh, Alan Williams about this last week, just about tackling for the first game. Did you think it was good? We, had, we end up missing nine, and we end up missing three on one play, and that was that QB scramble that we end up stopping them on third down on the sideline, on their sideline. So really we missed, you know, so that's still pretty good. You know, we want to get that number down to five or less um, for a game that's outstanding, and we'll we'll, we'll achieve that a few times this year. Um, but nine's a good number, single digits a good number. Um, I thought the corners tackle well. Tyreek, as you know, had had just outstanding tackles, and I've been saying that since day one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that he loves to hit, he loves to tackle, and uh, that was good to see. And uh, I thought Tremaine did a nice job tackling. You know, that's a big back over there, and uh, you know he does a really good job. And they got the, the uh, also the other back, it's a good player too, uh, Jones. So yeah. um, guys did a decent job with that all day. Um, like, like I said yesterday, we ended up stopping the run. It was 2.9, uh, which is a big emphasis for our defense uh, this year and, and uh, going forward. Quarterbacks who are really good at manipulating with their eyes to open windows of opportunity, and Jordan Love did it on a couple of occasions yesterday. What's the defensive counter to that? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what coverage you're in, what concept you're in. If you're in a true zone, it's just about being disciplined in your zone and not not melting with the quarterback's eyes and staying in your zone. But if it's a match principle, you're going to be matching numbers, so it doesn't really take you off of your coverage. Um, and, again, we do both things, uh, but it's uh, it's uh, just about being disciplined. Did you have a lot of mental errors yesterday? Um, no, no, we did not. We had, we, we had physical errors um, and technique stuff that we got to improve on. Um, there was not there was not a bunch of mental errors, um, so it was really more of a physical thing uh, that we got to improve on, just technique and fundamentals. Talk about uh, loving the physicality of the game, Roshan Johnson, man. We've seen it all camp. My favorite play of the entire day was flattening Rudy Ford, and I think that's the kind of run 
much like a big hit on defense that gets the whole sideline rolling. I thought that could have been a benchmark moment in the game, even though we were trailing. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that a run like that, yeah, you know, running through somebody, finishing your run like he did, uh, can just inspire a team to get something yeah, going? You can see that for sure. You know, you saw early in the game when we had a, that uh, big hit, you know, yeah. on defense. You know, Yannick had that hit on the toss play. Um, you know, we had a couple of TFLs there. But, uh, and again, it's certainly running the ball like that. You know, the physicality of that certainly, you know, in Chicago with the Bears fans, you know, they certainly appreciate that type of style. Yeah, some of the alumni, obviously, uh, were in the house. Uh, had a big number, I guess, at the uh, at the event on Saturday night. Uh, over 100, I think, showed up, which is fantastic. Uh, but some some legends out there. Dick Butkus, one of them. Uh, Willie Galton hasn't been here in a while, former Super Bowl Bear wide receiver. I know you you appreciate all that. Um, uh, they were all there. I'm certain, certain you weren't shaking hands before the game and seeing everybody, but uh, it's good to have those guys back in town. Yeah, it always is. I see those guys frequently um, in the in town or in the summertime at the golf course or you know or in the facility. And those guys are always great to talk to um, and be able to visit with. Bucks, Mike Evans, outstanding. Chris Godwin. You got Baker Mayfield. You got Vita Vea to deal with, and you got the Heat. All all adds up to a pretty tough contest, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, NFL's a great league, right? It's a lot of parity, so we got a, a challenge ahead of us. Uh, you know, we end up starting to put our game plan together today and in the next couple of days and bring the guys back in on Wednesday, you know, and we've already talked to them about being able being prepared, so it's not a big deal um, for us. And uh, Like the weather part. Yeah, the weather yeah, part of it. Because Tom's crazy about it. He told me it's going to be 90 with 85% humidity. Yeah. Now it's down to like 86, 50% chance of rain and maybe 65%, so still be hot. Yeah, but not yeah, too so we're, we prepare our guys early for that uh, in the week, yeah. you know, so the preparation is right, and it's, you kind of uh, climb to that uh, part of it in terms of your hydration, and uh, we don't make a big deal out of it after that. So it's just about education, and go down there and let it rip. Eyes forward. You got it. Thank you. All right. As you might expect, Tom, uh, Matt is consistent. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He does not get too high when the Bears get a win. And he doesn't get too low when the Bears get a loss. He is stung by this one. There's no question about it. You heard him, and you know it's. But it's it's the it's almost in his uh, vernacular the cycle of the snap. It's the cycle of the season. Uh, it's the 24 hours, the old cliche. But it is definitely digging into Tampa Bay. Corrections made today. They got to now uh, get their grades, get a game plan going, and, and go back to practice on Wednesday. And many of the things that people were critical of, he didn't discount. Certainly not at all. Yes, he'd like to get the ball pushed down the field a lot more. More action for DJ Moore in terms of targets. But take what the defense gives you also. I did think they tackled well, which I was worried about in week one. You always worry about week one around the league. I talked about using that game against Green Bay as a cleanser, right, uh, to get rid of the pass. But uh, now the real cleanser has to be in your own locker room and 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 in your own preparation and planning and and your performance. The execution, the execution's got to be cleaned up. Sometimes you could take ten plays out of the game and you could simplify the just the decision of the quarterback and you could put your offense in a more aggressive, advancing type of position. For example, the interception that Justin threw to Quay Walker. 
Walker. If you look at the outlet receiver to the left, was wide open, and it's an easy decision. Justin's not going to get hit. He doesn't have to hold on to the ball. Just throw it to the playmaker on the outside. And those are the types of things that it's going to expedite the learning process for Justin Fields. He's a young guy. He hasn't been around the NFL very long. He only played a couple of years of college football. So I think when you go into a game plan and you go, okay, how can we can simplify the decisions and make it more immediate response? That's one play that can go from a touchdown for the opponent to a long gainer for the Bears. We talked about third down. To me, it was the game. It was the yep. game on both sides of the ball. What's your recipe to repair? The third down situation, especially third and long, because third and six plus are are killer, and it killed the Bears yesterday. Well, off, offensively, I brought it up a little bit earlier. I do think there's a target like Cole Komet and DJ Moore, but I'm going to use Cole Komet more as a reference because I think he's a really hard matchup. If you're going to try to find a linebacker that can stay with them or a defensive back that has the size to cover him. If you can use him on first and second down and then you put your team in a second and four, maybe a third and three, there are so many more things that you can choose out of your playbook that can pick up those types of yardages. If you go back and uh, you have a, a bunch of third nines, you're really playing into the hands of the pass rush, no matter who you're playing. And a, and a blitzer like Todd Bowles will take advantage of that in Tampa. And it's just like the defense. What can Allen Williams do to supply a little bit of unknown pressure that can maybe come from a defensive back? Uh, you love the corner blitz or even one of the talented linebackers the Bears have. But it's about the defensive line winning rushes at the line of scrimmage. However, you have to use your creative creativity in the game. Second play of the game, Tampa last week, they blitz Antoine Winfield Jr. He came in and he hurt. He hit Kirk Cousins. The same thing you're going to have to be aware of as a quarterback for the Bears. It's the same thing that you could use with the Bears. I don't know what the status of Kyler Gordon is, but he's a good blitzer. I think that a guy like Tyreek Stevenson's got a great willingness to tackle. I'd like to see him as a possible blitzer. Jaquan Brisker, he's a stud. He can come from any area, and we've seen it in Eddie Jackson's background. So the Bears started three drives inside their 20. Average starting position, 24.3. Packers, 11 possessions, most possessions in the NFL so far in week one. Averaged the 38.7-yard line for starting field position. Now that's turnovers, that's the punt return, that's kickoff, you know, you name it. Uh, all these things mattered. Uh, and then you put yourself in position right out the opening kickoff with a penalty that sets you up deep in your own end. Uh, so these are the types of things. These are repairable, though. They are, but, you know, it's hard to ignore the science of the third and one and the fourth and one. Because when you have a failed attempt like that in your own territory, then you give the ball to the Green Bay Packers in less than half the field to go for a scoring opportunity. That's something that if you do take a chance like that and you fail, your defense better be able to answer the bell right at that moment. There's not a bunch of notification where you're telling these guys, get ready for this. You ignore that. You, you make the attempt, and once it's failed, you have to have the defense that goes out there and, and plays at a high, high level. Leads us right into one of our sponsors. Take a chance. Download the Bet Riffers app today. Jeff and Tom here on Bears, etc. Uh, let's talk about the running game, Tom. I know you touched on Roshan, but it took 29 carries to earn 122 yards. Fields had nine for 59 on scrambles. The three backs 
19 for 63. So a lot of Roshan fourth quarter numbers with, with Cole. So I don't know how you evaluate it. I, d- I do believe this team is still going to have to run the ball to great success to help Justin Fields. Yeah, but, you know, how do you run to run the ball early? You have to have a physical frame of mind early in the game. The very first running play, they brought the tight end across the formation in a wham type of motion. He went to cut the defensive end, Preston Smith. Preston Smith was able to avoid the block. You have the blocker laying in the hole and Preston Smith making the tackle for maybe a one-yard gain. I think when you initially start running the ball, You want to allow your offensive line to be in the most powerful position they can possibly be in. And what did you learn from this past game? One of the better get-offs of the offensive line, what I saw was Nate Davis. So if I'm going to look at plays that I want to make sure that I get positive yards as immediately as possible to influence the defensive coordinator and how the defense is looking at me, I need to see where my position of strength is. And look, you grew, I grew up on an offensive line that when Jimbo Covert came aboard, he was a dominant blocker. When uh, Mark Bortz made the switch from defensive tackle to offensive guard, he was a dominant blocker. So there was always a point of emphasis that we knew that we had a go-to point. And I think that's something that the Bears have to figure out within their structure as the time goes by. And Time is going by now, so it's got to start week two in Tampa. We're brought to you by PNC, official bank of the Bears. All right, let, let's talk about Kyler Gordon. Again, we don't know what the severity of his hand injury is. It was a right-hand injury. It was wrapped up after the game. We'll find out on Wednesday what his injury status is. Uh, to me, it'd be a mighty big loss. One of the keys to that secondary for me was the youthful exuberance and now the knowledge earned as you say, knowledge earned is knowledge gained, right? So last year he gained a lot. Uh, last year yeah. uh, working both outside and inside, and he was just ready to go. He was ready to go this year, had a great training camp. But I like the youth of having Jalen Johnson, having Tyreek Stevenson, having Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, and the old vet and the captain, Eddie Jackson, on the back end. I like, I, you know, the chemistry of the five is, to me, not as important as the chemistry of an offensive line or how a defensive line works in waves, but that chemistry of the back end is so significant to locking down coverage and having assignments. Jalen Johnson talked about it on Monday, saying, hey, some of our communication wasn't on point. Did that have anything to do with, with uh, Kyler not being there or having a rookie in the mix? I mean, I don't know specifically, but you know, some of those things, those coverage responsibilities, and it would have been nice to have – Uh, That not out of the gate to have a blemish like that. Knowledge earned is greater than knowledge learned. That is a quote by Claude, the great Clyde Emmerich. And it is so true when you learn about the more experience you have on your feet, the more you're going to be able to develop. And I think chemistry in the defensive backfield is equally as important as the chemistry on the offensive line. So earlier in the year, we were looking, we were listening to an interview by Jaquan Brisker, and he was talking about how he felt the chemistry and the communication was so much better than it was a year ago when you had those guys that they talked about. But it's the guys that are waiting in the wings for their opportunity to play. They have to be up to speed immediately. It's not where you have to bring in a fill-in for Kyler Gordon 
and say, okay, you have the luxury of making a mistake in the defensive backfield. If you make a mistake in the defensive backfield, whether it's communication or coverage, that's going to lead to a first down or a touchdown. So everybody's got to be on board and understand exactly what their responsibilities are. This week in Tampa, it'll be a little bit easier to communicate because the crowd will be quiet when their offense is on the, on the, on the field. So if Kyler Gordon does not, is not able to play, then the practices that they're going to go through during the course of the week, they have to almost make eye contact before the snap of the ball, understand the placement of the receivers at the line of scrimmage and understand everybody's responsibility. And just like coach Stanfeld, our offensive line coach, you say, he goes, Hey, if I'm, if I'm talking to Jimbo Covert, I have to have Keith Van Horn and Tom Thayer know what I'm talking about because every single guy on the offensive line has to know everybody's assignment. And I think that's equally as true for the defensive backfield as it is an offensive line. Well, Josh Blackwell got some snaps uh, yesterday, obviously, filling in in that nickel role. Also played last season. Very good special teams player, and I like, I like the way he is uh, – that he is mentally approaches the game and how he, he is physical about the game. So, well, this is. then, Jeff, if Blackwell does play now, does he is he removed from his special teams responsibilities where he makes some unbelievable plays there? Now, whomever has to fill in on those special team spots is going to be expected to bring the same level of physicalness, of understanding of what the responsibilities are because sometimes those responsibilities are just as difficult if you're playing regular offense or defense. Good news, Chicago. United Airlines is getting brand new planes with all the bells and whistles like Bluetooth connectivity, screens at every seat, and room for everyone's roller bag. United, proud to fly the Chicago Bears, and you too. Jeff and Tom wrapping things up on our podcast, reviewing the loss to the Green Bay Packers. A little business today. Dylan Cole re-signed. That was kind of the plan, it appears, uh, was waived last week to to allow the arrival of uh, a player to fill in because he was still working through a hamstring, but uh, back on the roster there's a financial component to that with veterans being uh, on the roster after one week. So uh, he's back in the fold, uh, that business taken care of on Monday. And he's a, he's, a nice, he's a nice addition to the special teams unit and a veteran that has a lot of linebacking reps. So hopefully he's a healthy return. All right, th- let's take a gander as the Bears are about to do at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You touched on it uh, with Todd Bowles and uh, really the next two weeks. Not to not to look that far ahead, but the next two weeks with Steve Spagnuolo in Kansas City, uh, I, I think the Bears should prepare themselves for significant pressure packages the next two weeks. Exactly, uh, per, you know, pressure packages. That's what you get. But you're going to have a three-four style defense out of Todd Bowles. You're going to have a four-man line against the Kansas City tr- Chiefs. So there's going to be different types of assignments between each of these teams. The thing about it is, is you have to realize your responsibility and pass protection. And if you're an uncovered guy, exactly who you're looking at in case they do blitz. If you're a running back and you have a pickup of a linebacker or an exterior blitzer, you got to be willing to go up there and meet him and stop him in his tracks rather than getting pushed back in the face of Justin Fields. And all of a sudden he feels urgency to eject the pocket. So I think every one of the offensive linemen, the running backs, they're all going to have to fulfill their obligations against a really blitz-happy head coach. He'll never be on the field, 
But what he's calling from the sideline, his intentions are to speed up the thinking process of the quarterback. Baker Mayfield running the show offensively for Tampa Bay. Uh, what is this, his fifth team, fourth team already in one year? But, you know, they, they, they're looking to him. He, he made a big play at the end of the game to uh, ruggedly stay in bounds and, and pick up a first down, took a big hit. So he's a fiery guy, and uh, they, they did that on the road at Minnesota. Tough place to play. They ran the ball 33 times for 73 yards. They didn't get a lot. They had uh, 35 passes for 169 yards. And they didn't get a lot of yards per play, but they still won the football game on the road. So this tells me that they're a plucky bunch, Tom. And, you know, he's a pretty gritty guy. He can avoid sacks. He's willing to run at defenders to try to get extra yards when he's going for a first down. But to me, it's a really interesting monster in Tampa because you have a quarterback. He is uncertain about his future. And then you got their best receiver in Mike Evans, who's not going to be offered a contract after this year. Is this guy going to be making business decisions if someone's out there to really lay him out in the middle of the field? Or is Baker Mayfield going to feed him the ball even more, trying to increase his opportunity so he's a high-profile receiver at this stage of his career? And is Mike Evans, as well as he's done in Tampa, I don't know how I would feel if a team told me this early in the season that, look, we're not going with you going forward. So, you know... Go out there and put your life on the line for us and, uh, you know, do as, do the best you possibly can. I, I don't know how a guy could go out there and really, you know, put himself in harm's way if that instant come, comes up. And I don't know where you get this notion that I was a Baker Mayfield I'm kidding. Guy. You like his commercials. That's, you I used to like his commercials. <laughs> I know. So, you know, you know, quarterback in commercials, it's, you know, if, if you, if you don't do well, you don't do commercials anymore. If you do well, then you keep doing commercials. Listen, you know, uh, I don't know if you've noticed uh, the commercials for Wendy's with NIL yeah. going on, Caleb Williams at USC and Matt Leinart are sharing the spotlight. Spotlight doing that's that that's that that's that Hollywood money over there, uh, but they're doing commercials well, it, already. You know, I, I get a kick out of it because as well as Deion Sanders is doing at Colorado, I see a topic on TV is is Deion Sanders a new face of college football, and I think it's kind of insulting to Caleb Williams because you know how many two time Heisman trophies there's been in the history of college football. One. One. Archie Griffin. Archie Griffin. So here's a kid that's on the cusp of possibly earning a second opportunity to win a Heisman Trophy. If I'm looking at the face of college football, I'm looking at a player. I'm not looking at a coach. I'm not looking at Nick Saban. I'm not looking at Kirby Smart. I'm not looking at Deion Sanders, although I really admire what Deion is doing. If you want to look at the face of college football, look at the players. And Caleb Williams, if he wins a Heisman Trophy at the end of the season, Two two guys in the history of the sport winning the Heisman Trophy two times in their career. It's a, it's a heck of an accomplishment. And you think of Archie Griffin being a running back when they devalue what a running back means nowadays in football. One other note on Tampa. Uh, Vita Vea and the guys up front, they're very good. Front seven, solid, depth, really good uh, players on the back end of that defense as well. Uh, so, uh, on first down, Minnesota ran it just nine times on first down. Bucks allowed 22 yards, 2.44 attempts. So the Bears on first down against Green Bay, uh, they ran it, let's see, 14 for 49 at 350. 
Uh, 15 of their 29 rushes went for four yards or more, so that was about a little more than half. Uh, are you going to be able to run a ball against these guys? I, I, you know what, Jeff? I don't need to. <clears throat> it's more exhausting to rush the passer than it is to stop the run as a defensive lineman. So if I have solid pass protection and I know that I have – like I said, Cole and the other group of tight ends. I have DJ. I have Darnell. I have Chase Claypool. I have Tyler Scott. I'm willing to throw the ball on first down as much as I need to and get myself in a more makeable second and third down situation. Because if you run the ball on first down and you get no yards to one yard, also now you're looking at second and nine. And then what's the result of that play? So, you know, there's – you can change the game plan a little bit if you feel that you have assets to gain more yards rather than the offensive line just uh, you know running into a, a wall of defensive linemen and linebackers. Right now, when you spend over $2,999 at Steinhoffels, you'll score a $100 Bears Pro Shop gift card. Visit any one of the four Chicagoland locations in Vernon Hills, Crystal Lake, Downers Grove, and Harwood Heights, or shop online at steinhoffels.com. Just one thing real quick. Back in the day, we were playing the Buffalo Bills when they had Bruce Smith and they had Daryl Talley and they had this really good defense. We rarely ran the ball that game. We play action pass and threw the ball mostly the whole game and we beat them convincingly. So it's possible if you think outside the box and what, how can you help your offensive teams the most. Tampa Bay had three takeaways of the Vikings, two sacks of Kirk Cousins in their Sunday win on the road. All right, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, I'm hoping to have some of that uh, Dick Butkus conversation. I had a chance to sit down with him uh, for quite a while. He's a, he was a 6'3", 240-pound linebacker. But if he had the fitness and the nutrition and all of what these guys have today, what type of player would it be? And he basically said, I don't know if I would have liked to play today. I like the old way where you hit people. You play in those band boxes. You play in Wrigley Field. You play in County Stadium. It's intimate with the crowd. It's, you know, I just think, and he goes, I don't think, he ended the interview, I don't think anybody loved the game more than me. And I think. He would have been a, he would have been a center. Well, he could have been an all-pro center. He was told that yeah. many times. They tried yeah. to get him to play that late in his career. Yeah. But instead, he destroyed centers. The McTinglehoffs, the Flanagans in Detroit, the guys up in Green. <laughs> He told great stories, so we'll hear some of that this week. Um, you know, I mean, he still has a legendary persona. He walks on the field, and you don't—he doesn't have to be introduced. They look at him, and they know who he is. Right. He he sat down with Tremaine Edmonds. They talked to each other like two guys just sitting at the bar talking about linebacking play, and right. Tremaine Edmonds really enjoyed it. It was sitting next to NFL royalty. It was it was a nice little thing they did. So we'll hear that uh, on the Bears' various platforms down the road. All right, Tom, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, Bears Weekly on Thursday night, special edition, 5 p.m. on ESPN 1000. Uh, we're going to be joined by Waddle and Sylvie Tom up here at Hallis Hall. And we're back with the next podcast on Thursday. We'll air it, and that'll be our preview of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So get ready, start watching some tape, Tom, and write down more notes. Anyway, for Bears head coach Matt Eberflus and Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please subscribe to this podcast now on the Chicago Bears official app, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you soon. Bear down.